The Lord is good. All right, before we take our seats, let's quickly take our declaration of understanding, which we always do anytime we want to study the word. We'll be praying for a while. We'll study a bit and then return to praying. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It's giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. All right, let's continue today in our school of prayer. I would like to take two portions of the scriptures as our texts to start the teaching this afternoon or this evening. Let's start again from the book of Daniel chapter 9. We read that um, also, at least referred to it last time. Then after that, I will we'll read from the book of Matthew, but this, for now let's start from Daniel chapter 9. Alright, from verse 1, it says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of Midian descent, who was made king over the kingdom of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, observed in the books the number of the years which was revealed as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet for the completion of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplications with fasting sackcloth, and ashes. Verse 4, said, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed and said, Alas, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned, committed iniquity, acted wickedly, and rebelled, even turning aside from your commandments and ordinances. Moreover, We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and all the people of the land. Righteousness belongs to you, O Lord, but to us open shame, as it is this day. To the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and all Israel, those who are nearby and those who are far away in all the countries to which you have driven them, because of their unfaithful deeds which they have committed against you. Now, he continued to confess. If I jump to verse um, 11, he said, Indeed, all Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, not obeying your voice. So the curse has been poured out on us, along with the oath which is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, for we have sinned against him. Now, please, I want to just jump somewhere. Now, he said in verse um, I'll read from verse 15, but then jump a few lines as I'm reading to get to where I'm going. And now, O Lord our God, who have brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and have made a name for yourself, as it is this day, we have sinned, we have been wicked. O Lord, in accordance with all your righteous acts, let now your anger and your wrath turn away from your city Jerusalem, your holy mountain. Now notice he's making requests now. O Lord, in accordance with all your righteous acts, let now your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, 
your holy mountain, for because of our sins and iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a reproach to all those around us. So now, O God, listen to the prayer of your servant, that is Daniel now, and to his supplication. For your sake, O Lord, let your face shine on your desolate sanctuary. O my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we are not presenting our supplication before you on account of any merits of our own, but on account of your great compassion. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and take action. For your own sake, O my God, do not delay, because your city and your people are called by your name. Now I'm going to stop reading here. We have read from verse 1 to verse 19, jumping a few uh, verses to save um, reading time. But please bear this in mind, and then we'll go quickly to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. I want to bring out something that the Lord Jesus Christ said there. Jesus said in verse 25, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into bands, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more than they? Now he told us not to worry in verse 27 and verse 28. And they now continue saying in verse 31, Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, and what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first, now please, that's why I'm reading this verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Please, I want to emphasize something today. The last time I talked about the fact that, or I began to speak about the fact that people have forgotten God, or that Christians often forget. I said it then, and I'm saying it again. I doubt that more than 10% of even our prominent preachers remember God. Now, and I mean it like that. I know sometimes people wonder, what do you mean? But they preach in the name of the Lord. That's not what I mean. You see, sometimes you must understand. Like I said, that is based on, account, on things that people say behind, not what they say when they are preaching. So somebody might be preaching about God. doesn't mean he remembers. I hope you're getting my point. And that's what I want to bear in mind. And I want to say to us that, see, let me just say this again. It has been said that if you, in any nation where the church is established, God holds the church responsible for everything that happens in that nation. And I believe that in Nigeria we can say the church is established. We can say that. I mean, the church, Christianity has been in this country for I don't know how long, both in the north and in the south. All right? It's everywhere. It's been in this country for so long. So, so long. I don't know how many. It's not a hundred years. hundred years will be a joke. I hope you get my point. It's, it's been a long time. We have churches that have been established, all kinds of denominations. And there's actually a thriving atmosphere of proliferation of, you know, churches in Nigeria till today. Both old generation churches and new generation churches. So I think it's right to say that we qualify for that, that kind of um, um, uh, the description. So that 
we can see that God holds us responsible for everything that happens in the country. He holds us responsible for the climate. He holds us responsible for the government. He holds us responsible for the economy. He holds us responsible for the peace. All right, whether it is there or it is not there, we are held responsible. It is either because of what we are doing that is not right or the prayers we are praying that are not properly said, that they don't have the right focus. Please bear that in mind. Okay? So please, just be adding everything I've said last time and I'm saying today. We're going to add them together. One thing I want to emphasize why I read this too is that, you know, see, when I'm talking about people forgetting God, like I said, they may mention his name. I hope you're getting my point. They may mention his name. But you have to understand, when you're remembering God, there are many things you need to remember about God. One of which I want to emphasize now is to understand God's purpose, God's desires, and God's focus. That's the word I should use. God's focus. Now, again and again, I talk to people. It pains me when they are Christians. I hope you're getting my point. That's when it's painful. And the focus of prayer itself, all decisions are made. I see talks to people this afternoon, something led to it. You say, if you try to get a job, you understand what I'm trying to say? In this country now, if you can't just get it, you just have to get out there. Leave the country behind and go to where you look for work. Now, these things the Gentiles seek. You see what I say? What are you seeking? People wake up every day. What are you seeking? Churches are full when we, are calling, when we call for prayer. The question, go there and ask, what is the prayer focused on? What shall we eat? What shall we drink? With what shall we clothe ourselves? That those things remain the focus for most prayers that Christians that I see around churches, organized to pray. Now, if Jesus says something, he said it, he meant it. You have ordained your precepts that we should keep them diligently. That means we are supposed to get up and work hard to follow what he said. When he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you should work hard to ensure that that's what you are doing. I hope you're getting my point. And he said in the context of people talking about praying for food, praying for raiment, praying for clothing, that is raiment, in the heart where we will live, we will eat, or we will drink, and all of those personal, you know, satisfaction matters. All right, what they call the bare necessities also. It's said in the context that is to say to you, I know. I know these are the things people seek, but he said these are the things that who seek, Gentiles. You say, but you. So the order of prayer for his people is supposed to be different. But you, what are you supposed to do? Seek first. Now, what is the thing? What's the, the focus there is what? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. If you go and check when Moses will pray and when Daniel will pray, there are words they keep on using. Maybe I should quickly flip back to the prayer of Daniel we're reading just now. Verse 19, Daniel chapter 9. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and take action. For your own sake, O my God. Do not delay. Why? Because your city and your people are called, what? By your name. Did you notice something there? The honor of God was more important to Daniel than even the salvation of the people. I don't know whether it struck you. When Moses was going to pray for the people of Israel, when God said he was going to destroy them, if you notice something, he focused on, what would they say about you? And the nations are now here and say their God was not able to fulfill what he promised. So he destroyed them in the wilderness. If you noticed, his emphasis was on the honor of the name of God. His emphasis was on 
God, what are we going to say about you if we were to do something like this? When you go through your Bible, you see when the saints of old will pray, they focused more on the honor and the integrity. Let me use the modern word, the reputation of God than any other thing. So you hear David say things like when he's praying about himself for his own life, let, let not those who trust in you be ashamed because of me. I don't know whether I get my point. Like the reason why you have to do things in my life is that, Lord, you know I go everywhere. It's your name I carry you. I beg, don't let me disgrace you. It's a very important prayer. That was what Jesus meant when he said, seek what? First, 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 first. That is what is most important to you. Many people are pursuing church, let me use the word church, every day. Is a means to getting their own end. What is Satan? Satan is any force, no matter how righteous or good it sounds like, that's focused on your own end. What do you get out of this? Let me, you know, my, my small, small digression. That is why, please, I'm begging you from last year or two years ago, start this. That think this sounds funny. So from two years ago, start this. I expect you have started years ago. If anybody tells you, Give so you can collect. Tell him, sir, I'm not interested. The more they preach on how you will be blessed if you give, the less I instruct you by the Spirit of God, you should give. Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. Let you be a congregation, if you are in a group of people listening to me, that the pastor realizes that the more he winds you for money for your own good, the less he gets out of you. Be the kind of person that if you just mention that this is for the advancement of the gospel, want to help some people. They just say it in passing. You give more than when they whine you and whine you and whine you and say, one man last week I was in Meduguri. He just gave, he sold his car. Praise God. Before I left the town, God had given him a 911. Amen. And that man that was in Lokoja, you know, I, I, I took a special offering on Friday. I came to church on Sunday. Amen. That man, when he was coming, he was wearing rags. When he came on Sunday, he was wearing some Armani suits, the type I'd never seen before. Praise God. You are going to give something today, so your suit will change by next Sunday. Out of respect, don't walk out. But sit on your chair, don't answer him. That is satanic preaching. What did I call it? Satanic preaching. Uh, you are afraid to say it. Okay, I'll say it for you. That is satanic preaching. Why is it satanic preaching? The whole focus is you. Let me say, eventually you backslide. You will get tired of giving. You will. You will get tired. Because God will so frustrate you. God will come against you. Then one day you will be angry. I'm telling you the truth. That's satanic preaching. What I want to, what you should want to hear is praise God. Last week we took an offering here. We were able to raise about 2.5 million. Do you know? From that 2.5 million, we were able to do this. We send this number of tracks to this number of people. We heard that about, you know, 50 Muslims gave their lives to Christ and were baptized. Praise God. When you hear that kind of thing, you say, excuse me, sir. Are we taking more offerings today? I like one thing John G. Lake said once. I read in his books. He said once, it was the time he guaranteed people that for every cent you give, I guarantee you a soul. That for every cent. He's like telling you in a legacy to this night, I'm preaching, I said that for every 100 naira you give towards that outreach we are doing, I guarantee on that God, because of what God has done, the prayers we have prayed, we have seen his work. One sold for Christ for every hundred naira you give. Yeah, that's, what he did. that's what he said. He guaranteed them. He said, I guarantee a soul for every cent. Now, these are not men who were collecting money for any other thing than really. What was he going to do with the money? He had hundreds of workers in the frontiers. 
going into the towns and the villages preaching. He needed to be sending them sustenance. That's the story I told you. I've told you again and again. I, I don't like telling the story in detail. Let me quickly jump it. Very, very emotional. That one, there was a time money was not coming. Those men said, they called them and said, there's no money again to send to you guys. These are white men working in rural areas. Said, no money to send to you guys again. So they said, what do we do? By the time, they said, step outside. By the time he came back, they are, they are sat in a circle with communion. They said, self-communion. Until death, they took the bread and took the blood. I said, we are going back money or no money. We ask only one thing of you. If we die, come and bury. These are the people who wanted to use that money to sustain. So he said, I guarantee, this is not in dollar of today, okay? What I'm telling you is over 100 years ago. He said, for every cent you give, I guarantee you so. Because of the caliber of people that he had working with him. Those who did not love their lives even when faced with death. I hope you're getting my point. He said that year he buried men, he buried wives, he buried children. Because that's what he asked. He said, when, when you hear we are dead, come and bury. So he was traveling up and down, burying people that died because they didn't have money. Preaching the gospel. When you hear things like that, that is when you should be eager to drop money. I hope you're getting my point. As for the man who gave a car and got a lorry, that's his problem. He can be playing his car, look, look. Let him give lorry and get aeroplane. Give aeroplane and get what? Spacecraft. Nothing concerns you. I think fly to the moon. We're talking about worshipping the true God, serving the true God, having his own interest at heart. What is Satan? That's why I talk about satanic preaching. A preaching that focuses on your interest is satanic preaching. But what did God say? He said, seek first. He said, these things, the Heavenly Father knows what? That you need. He said, the Heavenly Father knows that you need it. He knows that this is important to you. But he said, please don't let it be your focus. He said, when you have the right focus, I will add every other thing to you. Just get your focus right. We seem to forget it. We teach prayer, prayer, prayer. It's still on ourselves. Why does God give us sound health? It's so we can serve him. So we can glorify his name. So we can bear his name appropriately. <laughs> There's one thing that's happened to me personally. But I was reading Catherine Kuman's books. All right? I read over the last uh, two months or so. I believe in miracles. God can do it again. Nothing is impossible with God. Then her spiritual biography by Robert Leadon, and then Daughter of Destiny by Jamie Buckingham, something like that. Now, but there's something I notice again and again. Many people, I'm not saying everybody, I'm not saying apply to everybody like that. Many people that God healed in her meeting, they came for healing quite all right. But God used to do something for them. It distracts them. What do I mean? Many of them will say that when they got there, that the atmosphere was so charged with the presence of God, they forgot to pray for healing. Many, not one, not two, who say, oh, that was when I gave my life to Christ, and that for me was enough. They were willing to go leave the place, not being healed, but being satisfied. That's one group. Among them are those who say that, ah, as they got in, they saw somebody who was obviously very sick, sicker than them. Then they forgot themselves. And say, Lord, if this, like, if this anointing won't go around, can you heal that person? Don't worry about me. So they focus on somebody else and start praying. And take the person's matter up in intercession. Now, these are people giving testimonies of their own healing. As they focus on that, something, 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 one of, some of them will say that they hear noise. Turn to, to, turn to the husband or wife. Did you hear that noise? Say, which noise? Like breeze blowing into the hall. So he looks up, expecting the curtains to be moving. Not is moving. You didn't hear that? You can't hear that? Can't hear anything. Can only hear the songs. 
And no, no, no. There's, of course, next thing, Katrukuma just points in their direction. Somebody's getting healed of multiple sclerosis. Something like that. And the individual realized that, oh, I'm being healed. And what I heard was the movement of the spirit. Where I'm going is that I notice it again and again. The person will say, I forgot myself. That is, using my own words now. I began to focus on something else. So it is true when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Look, let me quickly say this. Many things are important to God. Of course, because they are happening on the earth, every single time, he requires the cooperation of somebody or some people. God made a promise from the beginning. At least one recorded for us from Adam. We know that the woman will have a seed that's going to crush the head of Satan. We know about that. That's a promise. They made another promise, of course, different promises, but let's just speak a few. Made a promise to Abraham. I will bless you, you will be a blessing. In your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. That's a promise to Abraham. The promise kept on going. To David, he told, I will give you a son that will sit on your throne. We have found that it's not Solomon he was talking about. Through Isaiah, through Jeremiah. Different promises concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, let's not even talk about all the Psalms that David wrote concerning the Messiah that will come. But you know, for him to come, people had to walk spiritually. There were things happening physically. Every single step on the, on the way towards his arrival, God walked with people, intercessors, prayer warriors, people who prayed simply, thy will be done. Now, that thy will be done is not a passive thing. God, we yield ourselves to your will. That's not what they were. When you pray, thy will be done. No, it is a, is a, is a, is a demanding prayer. That is, I say, basically, do your will. I don't know what I get my point. It's not, ah, uh, God, oh, I yield myself. No. It's light be. In the same way, say, will of God be done. What you are doing is exercising your authority on the earth and saying, I yield my authority so that through it, God will command his will on the earth. That's that prayer. That will be done on earth as it is written in heaven. It's not a passive, you know, submissive yes. That's the word. It's not a prayer of submission. It's a prayer of authorization. You're author- authorizing God to do what he wants to do on the earth. That's what intercessors do. God knows what he wants to do. Then he stimulates you to like it, to desire it. Then you start asking him to fulfill it. Why does he need you to say it? Because the heavens are the heavens of the Lord. Finish it for me. The earth he has given to you and me. So our authority is required. So back to the issue of Daniel. Daniel chapter 9. So Daniel, God says, this is my will. I said before, prophecy, all right, is not a prediction. God was not saying that at the end of 70 years, dole, dole, not the call dole, dole. Yes, those of you who understand them, international English. And that's Hausa, please. Some people don't know. They say, is that, is that Scottish English? Is Hausa? I'll forget you know my point. It's a know how, know how. Okay, that's, that's the Delta version. Know how, know how. It must, no, that's not what prophecy is. Prophecy is an expression of God's plan. It's an expression of God's will. So, many times, we have the duty to activate it. So, God has given it to you. 70 years, you are all coming back. If at the end of 70 years, all of you sit down there, you know what? Nobody's coming back. But because the eternal plan of God requires them to come back, you know what he's going to do? After a while, he's going to make the place uncomfortable for you until you want to go back. Then you start praying to go back. Then finally, 
the prophetic word and your desire and prayer will merge. And then there will be a performance of that which God has promised. That's how it works. I hope you're getting my point. Now, I'm not emphasizing something to us today, okay? That we should know what is important to God. That's the meaning of seeking first the kingdom of God. It was important to the Lord that the people will return. And Daniel, even though he never returned, I hope you know at that time he was not a small boy anymore. When he came, he was at least a teenager. He was probably in his mid-teens, I'm not sure the age, but he was a young boy, but a teenager. This is 70 years after. So let's just take 15. Is that okay? Is that too old? It's okay, right? So add 15 to 70. 85. The 85-year-old man was the one praying. He wasn't planning to go back. Please, there's something I should quickly drop as part of this thing we are saying. You know, I'm not saying it's an African problem alone, but I've seen it very common. Okay, you know, you tend to know the problem of the people that's your own. I hope you get my point. I know African, Nigerian problem, I'm a Nigerian. I know problem of Enugu people. Because I've lived there for 20-something years. I know the way. Do you get my point? You will know. I don't know too much of the problem of those who maybe, if you are from Zamfara, I don't know your problem much. I've never, I've never slept in Zamfara. I've only driven past. So please forgive me when I say African man. I'm not saying that we are, you know, we are the worst on the earth. Even though I think we are, but you know. <laughs> it be funny. But one of our problems is this. A very narrow-minded we are very limited in our horizon. Yes. We tend not to... Okay, let me compare us, all right? Maybe it's modern man. Maybe it's not just Africans, okay? Maybe not just Nigerians around me. But, you see, if you go and read your Bible, right? You will notice something. The thing that God used to entice Abraham... Can I use the word entice for a moment? Was what he would do for his descendants. Abraham knew we never see it. I'm talking about enticing Abraham. Pardon me for using the word entice. What God emphasized to Abraham was his seed. Abraham left. Now, please, let me explain what I'm saying. From this, just we have heard from books written about Abraham, not in the Bible, but commentaries. Abraham was living in a developed city. Some say that archaeological diggings reveal the level of development that city had. I even had pipe bomb water. It may not have been PVC pipes. It may have been brick pipe pipes, but they had water piped into the city. And that they had story buildings. In case you don't know, story buildings is a sign of development. There was none in Africa before colonialism started. None. Ask architects. They do history of um, uh, construction. Sub-Saharan Africa didn't have one. Look, don't be laughing at the white man that looks down on you. You get get why. But they had. Abraham had, from what we're told. Yet, till he died, he lived in tents. After he left her, he lived in tents. He had no permanent, no dwelling place for a long time. It's from one place to another. When God met him on the road to... um, and God was going to Sodom and Gomorrah. He was a tent. There are those who still live like that till today. All right? The tents were nice. I'm not saying they were not nice. But then I wouldn't want to leave my house currently and move to a tent. I don't know how you want to build it. He went to a new frontier. Now, if you see those who moved to what is now United States of America, they had a similar experience. 
they traveled from different parts of the world, mostly Europe, all right? And they went to the new land. Of course, first you had explorers who had just had it in their body to go exploring. Then after they had found the land, people moved there, okay? And began to, and even within there, all right, they would move from one part to the other. They would move some of them down. They were just trying to move from one coast to another you know, part of the same all right, country. I hope you're getting my point. But generally, what, what, what are people looking for? That's what I'm talking about. Most times, they are focused on things beyond their own generation. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. If you see, when Jacob was leaving the house of Laban, he said, I need to go and prepare an inheritance for my children. They will sacrifice. When they say sacrifice, what did God promise Abraham? We take him up and he will show him this and this. Your seed will possess this land. And that satisfies him. He will tell him, your seed will possess this land. For God to satisfy Moses, after everything Moses went through, he took him a tour on a tour of that same land and he satisfied him. I say, one of our major problems in this continent, in this race and all of that is that people don't know how to sacrifice for the sake of generations to come that they will never know. The best they know is this maybe immediate children. But people like Abraham, what concerns them is posterity. What will happen in 100 years? What will happen in 200 years? And do you know till now, some of the countries we envy, that's how they reason. The Chinese man's plan is not for 10 years. He doesn't have vision 2020. Let Africans be having vision 2020. You know, we had it in around 2020. 15, we're having vision 2020. Chinese man's vision is vision 2,300. Which year are we now? Anyway, his vision is for the next 200 years. They asked a Chinese man once, I heard. Now, those of you who know history, you know about the French Revolution. This was some years ago. They asked him, French Revolution was which year? I don't know much about European history. That's the span of a hundred years. Come on, narrow it down, down for me. It's a particular year. Who can tell me? Finally, for me, I need to know French French Revolution. 1789. Good. 1789. They asked a Chinese man, maybe in the last thirty years or so, what does he think is of the impact of the French Revolution on the French society? He said it's too early to tell. That let's still be watching. See the way China has dominated the whole world now. When I was a boy, little boy, I don't even think they came near the top five economies in the world. As I remember the top ones when I was much younger. The U.S. has been at the top for a very long time. You know, the time I remember, Japan was already number two. Then um, you go to the, the, you know, Germany and all of this. But they already, you know, China was still <laughs> down. But there was one thing I remember. One preacher came somewhere to preach sometime. He was giving us a Chinese mindset. He said they had one principle, China. Rising softly, softly. That's the idea. They not no hurry, no hurry. They need to take them a few. To take a while. It's not two days. Now, like Obasanjo just said recently, democracy was given to the kind of democracy operate right now in Nigeria. It's a very, very useless system. Yeah, it is. I've never believed in it. I think it's crap. That's why you insult your governors. He has four years to ensure you vote for him next time. How will he make long-term plans? So the roads they are making, they are not lasting. Yes, the money he has, he has to make enough roads to make you feel happy for four years. So he doesn't have any reason to do roads that will last more than four years. 
Because the next election is in four years' time. So before they finish the road, come on, it just needs it to last two years. Because before he finishes two years, it's over. If my, the man is the president or somebody knew he was going to be in power for the next 20 years, he, they know how to do concrete roads too. Don't think they don't know. They know. Except that the difference in cost is massive. I'm not very sure. Maybe about four times. So instead of tiring 50 kilometers for you, the guy let me do 200 so you think I'm a good man. It won't last more than five years, so what will be gone. This democracy we operate is a bad look. It's just common sense. One man has analyzed it that this thing is just not good. That will you vote for the, I mean, will you want to be voted that it, the pilot that will fly you to Lagos, you want to elect him by voting? You want to vote on the doctor that will do your operation? Who will lead a charge against militants? You want to vote? You don't want votes on such things. Why is that the most important position in the country is the one you want to choose by voting? So Chinese man doesn't vote for that. He trains people for it. Oh, yes. Before I even read it, I proposed it in my mind. They will gather thousands of people in each generation and bring them in, train them to be tomorrow's leaders. Then when you have been trained, they post the local governments to go and operate. Maybe you'll be a supervising engineer for road construction in local government, hoping that after some time, they will check how good you are. They promote you to the equivalent of Nigerian local government chairman. Then when you do like that from there, they select those who will be a governor. You have been working in public sector for over 30 years before you, you can enter the central planning committee from where they pick their presidents. There's nobody that hates China that has not run economies bigger than Nigeria for years before they pick him and say, okay, he's made so, and now the ones that will now pick you be the next president. This is the democracy we do. makes no sense. Even cardinals don't pick people like that. Only the cardinals select who's Yet we'll spend money thinking we are Americans. And, and meanwhile, <laughs> Americans know that their system is a confusing system. Most expensive. It's a joke. They know. They are not developing because of it. Though. Now, why am I saying all of these things? All right? Is that I was saying that part of the problem we have around is we are too short sighted. Too short sighted. It's not just us. If you go to even the US, they have that problem. Now, that's why Michael did some years ago. He had to put Dell out of the public. That's a among the public hotel companies, that it's tired of having to produce results every quarter. That you don't make serious plans like that. So he wanted, I, I don't know how well he succeeded. I think he succeeded. Pull it out. Get out some money. Bought all the shares. No, 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 I'm tired. Let's run a real company where you can make 10-year plans. You will not see results until the next two, three years. Fine. But the way stock markets there work, if you don't preserve results at the end of the year, it, your value will go down. He said, well, what does it matter? Because readers will come buy up the shares and kick out the... the what do you call it? The, the, the board. And they don't want that. Because if, share, if it crashes too low, one guy will just raise $2 billion from somewhere, buy as much as possible, and they want to be on the board. So you're forced to try and play to the gallery every time. It's a bad thing. What I'm going to say, a lot of times we don't focus, we are so focused on what, what will I get now? What is my interest? We are not focused enough on something that will happen after us, which we will not take any glory from, which we will not enjoy. Yeah, that's what God used to call people. He said concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, they will see the result of the travel of his soul and you'll be satisfied. Is that out of 53? Like, if not, you have to go. I say, okay, so who will redeem the... I said, let's just abandon the country and give to headsmen. Yeah. If you have that attitude, then you don't have a right to complain. When headsmen take over places, 
When bandits take over places, you've just with your own mouth said, I mean, remember the time we were shouting, plan B, plan B. Okay, go now. If you say, you were, let's get ready to run, God said, I will make sure you can run. And in running, you will run. Those who take promised lands, let me tell you the truth. They must want that land enough to want to die for it. And God gives it to them. Because of his righteousness. You must understand the way God works. You can't have people who are willing to kill themselves to establish their religion. And those who are going to hide their children somewhere else will now be the one to take that land. God said, no, no, my righteousness does not allow that. They are going and check how Christianity spread. They did not love their lives even when they were faced with death. Now they are using death to scare you and you want me to give you the land. You must be drunk. Because I won't do any such thing. No matter what I'm doing, I must follow the principle of righteousness. That's what God says. No matter what I'm doing, I have to follow the principle of righteousness. If I promise you a land, eh, I won't deliver it to you except by righteousness. That's why even though he promised Abraham everything, when his wife died, Abraham bought the place he he buried Sarah because the time was not yet right for him to claim that land. So he brought money and bought it. So when God wants to to give you the land, I will give you the zeal, the desire, the drive. I will train you over time to be able to fulfill the requirements for those I give the land to. It's the reason why he brought them to the edge of the promised land and said, okay, now you can go in. They went in and saw giant. Ah, said, I don't want to die. He said, God, you don't want the land. That's what God said. He said, you don't want the land. He didn't say they were going to die. But you should be having so consumed. I prepared you not to be afraid. So because they said, be careful when you grumble about rough places. You will not possess them. You hear what I said? Where you possess a gift to, God just qualifying you. He took them there. He said, look, let's see whether they want it. If they had just showed him that they wanted it, he would have given them. What am I going to emphasize? The major problem we have is that we are too narrow-minded. We are too short-sighted. We are too focused on the immediate and too focused on ourselves. And people like that don't win. God cannot execute things on the earth through such people. You should be willing to sacrifice yourself. Your finances, your time, your career, your ambition to advance a cause that you will not take any glory from. Those are the people that are like God. You know, the way we insult ourselves are not you know. One man posted something a few late last year, I saw the article where they, you know, the way this everything has on WhatsApp, you move. WhatsApp has taken over the whole world in communication. <laughs> he posted about one nurse that lived all her life somewhere in Abia State. And I said to myself, this is why people like this. That's why their own land will prosper. She came as a young lady to Nigeria, was working for one mission, a lepr- I think a leprosy mission. Then she saw the way they treated, the way we behave in Nigeria when it comes to mental illness and said, This is not right. So she committed her life to taking care of mentally ill people, set up homes for them. This, no, no, what villagers do, just carry the person. If it happens, they know good. They drive the person to Nasarawa. And abandon him there. That's why you see people roaming the streets up and down. It's, it's, it's the African culture. We have many reasons. Part of it, we don't know what else to do. I'm not going to insult anybody. That's part of it. That's what poverty does to you. All right? But she saw and said, this is not right. That this woman built... She was living in one rural part of Abia State. Built... Um, use her influence. They built hospitals, built homes. Anybody they find, they bring in there. They, they treat as much as they can rehabilitated a lot of people that left there and lived successful lives. Yes, that's what she was doing. The woman never agreed to leave Nigeria. Then the time came, 
but she was getting older when she had a stroke. And they took her. So she, she, instead of being treated in Nigeria, her people, everybody said no. So they forced her, you know, they convinced her anyway to take her back to um, uh, what, UK for treatment. So she's there now. She's back in the UK against her real desire. But people had to persuade her. So that this guy who wrote this article said he was in church when somebody touched him. So he turned and saw a woman, an old woman in a wheelchair. And she just said something to him fluently in Igbo. So imagine the shock. You see a white woman sitting in a wheelchair who just, instead of speaking English, and you are in, somewhere in London somewhere, and the person speaks to you fluently in Igbo, asking, are you Igbo? Then you just look at the guy. The guy looked and said, yes. And asked in Igbo again, which part of Igbo land are you from? was conversing with this guy. The guy was shocked. Like, what is going on? What, am, am I dreaming? Then when she said a few things, the guy recognized the person. I said, oh, are you so and so person? <laughs> and she said, yes. So he wrote about it. Of course, he admired her. He greeted her, you know. Oh, God bless you, madam, and all of that. Now, the way I'm going is that he now says something. That look at this woman. She was unwilling to come and take treatment in America, in, in, in UK, unlike our president. Obviously, that time was when the Ibuari was in power, who we went to, for treatment in the UK for a while. And I laughed. I said, your president left Nigeria to, to take to the UK. You're laughing at him. You left the same Abia state. <laughs> Came and settled for a greener person in the UK, and you think you have the right to laugh at somebody. Can you see the way we sort ourselves? We don't know. The president came for a few weeks and went back home. You have settled here. You are going to be buried here, apparently. It, no, people know they didn't come. That's what they say. When you are pointing finger, the other ones are looking in your direction. You don't know. You are praising somebody who sacrificed for your fatherland. And you didn't, I mean, that kind of message will have been like, brethren, we should be like this. That is why they are, look, I told <laughs> we can insult people sometimes. Hey, you are gay, you have, you have a gender problem and all of that. Gender problem, gay problem, he has his own judgment. I hope you get my point. In fact, the report says it's not even it's not a sin per se. It is more like a sign that you have sinned. <laughs> Did you get it? That God said, You have so annoyed me, I will punish you. You won't know whether you are a man or woman. That's just another form of madness. In African madness, madman, they walk out straight naked, right? You you wear clothes, but you are smart as <laughs> But no, those are not the things I'm judging. These are the signs I have judged people. Somebody said that for, for I don't know whether it's true or not, just it's good to quote, very nice, that for God to be able to punish Pharaoh, when he said, let my people go, and Pharaoh did not let them go, that Moses said, God, judge Pharaoh, God said, I can't. He said, why not? It's not in the Bible, these are other things people write. <laughs> he said, God said, see, he took Moses to go and to show Moses the table where people ate from, from Pharaoh. He saw people eating. The number of cows Pharaoh would kill daily. The number of goats, chicken, bushels of wheat and corn that they cooked. That the man is providing for so many people that I cannot judge him. So Moses went and changed the tactics of prayer. That this guy, at this way, we are not going anywhere. 
So the people started annoying Pharaoh. Pharaoh was cutting down the rations. They said the night the Israelites left, he killed only two chickens. <laughs> that God had to use his evil works against him. Where I'm going is that some of the people that are blessed, you go and check the good works that God planted into their genes, into their generations, that they have not neglected. It's prolonging the days of their prosperity. Daniel said it like that. It taught Nebuchadnezzar how to prolong the days of his prosperity. Look, if you, if, let me tell you something. It's a very bad doctrine that we have preached in the Christianity for a long time. This give and collect. I think that doctrine has undermined us a lot. Until you are, re- until you are ready for real self-sacrifice. You are not ready for real blessing. You know what they call real self-sacrifice? You will give. You will give yourself. And your lifetime, you expect nothing. And you probably won't get anything. Yet you are satisfied though. Because if you do something to God, for God and you grumble about it, you may as well have not done it. You hear what I said? Let me just say something. Eh? That's what I told some of you. He says, sow a powerful seed. And you can't sow it. Don't sow it. Shame, you know, I've been begging you. Hey. Someone say, look. God is going to do something you ain't seen before. There is nothing that you have not seen before in that area. God can do things you have not seen before. But that man that's saying it, what does he want God to do that you have not seen before? So how are you going to tap into it? You will say, God, this is my car. You now give the car. You carry your wife and children, enter Keke and go home. Not a problem. You wake up in the morning. This is the day you are looking outside whether somebody. What you gave is a, 19, is a 2010 Corolla. It's an old Corolla, you know that. Which you are wearing? 2024. It's a 14-year-old Corolla. So I've been looking down the road whether somebody will bring a 20. 2020, you know, Avalon. And this one still Toyota, just grow small. <laughs> After two weeks, nothing. The man told you that, according to one man, if my God did not bless you, bad English, but you know what I'm saying. After three weeks, come back and come and ask me. <laughs> my friend sent me a message. Said, this man wants to go to prison too. It's <laughs> all promising things that God did not promise you. I've been wanting you preachers. Of course, after three weeks, you didn't, you didn't get anything. After one month, you didn't get anything. After six months, the painful part is that you see the person driving your car up and down. <laughs> God didn't give you anything. He even gave you lift. <laughs> you don't have any you don't have a motor car. Now, <laughs> where I'm going is that. You're not going to need God, why? You've just lost your reward. I'm not saying don't give out your car, your only car. You can give it. But you have to give it in such a manner that whether he gives you back, he doesn't give you back, he doesn't do you anything. Why you will get tired, eh? It's simply because somebody went and lied to you that in three weeks, your 2010 Corolla will become 2020 Avalon. So you now show the sheet. Towards that, and it doesn't manifest. That's why I said, you will reap your reward if, if you faint not. Many people faint because they set a wrong goal, a wrong reward before them. 
That's why I preach it all the time. Give expecting nothing in return. Just give and walk your way. How you'll accomplish it different ways. I don't want to teach on giving now. But please, eh? don't let anybody make you weary of doing good. You know one way by which you get weary of doing anything? Have you ever been to the gym? Some of you small, small guys want to start gymming. Come and come to those of us who have done it for a long time. The, the trick, eh, when you want to get to the gym, uh, the, 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 the mind thing is that, Kai, when you get there, you see some guys well carved. I'm going to be like that in six weeks. Let me tell you the truth. You will die in five weeks. <laughs> you, six weeks? No, no, no. If you really do the work necessary, you will be dead in five weeks. So you go there. Oh, oh, you carry something. When you finish, you know... <laughs> Initially, your muscles, they will, they will bulge out. It's blood that just flowed into there. They, they have not grown. Your blood, you start getting thirsty. You drink water. Ha, you come out. <sighs> After three days, eh, it's as if you should go to hospital. <laughs> because the pain, you've ruptured, torn the garments, torn fibers, torn your whole body is aching you. He will not tell you, no pain, no gain. <laughs> Say a lie. You can gain in that place without pain. I'm telling you. Let me give you a small trick. Anything you can't do 10 reps three times, don't try it. There's no point. Push yourself up bit by bit. Bit by bit. You ain't getting that carved image for the next two years. Six weeks. What are you? Incredible hawk. Don't blink like this. You change. <laughs> <laughs> we change to green. <laughs> no, now you can't be you know, like, No, it takes a long time. You have to build capacity. There's no point leaving the place saying no pain, no gain. I lie. It's not necessary. See all those people. Look, I've left my message now. There's one guy I saw the other day. I forgot his name. One of the best bodybuilders that have ever existed. He said his own was a combination of genes and hard work. Somebody saw his natural build. He had never carried any weight. He saw his natural build. Where do you walk out? He said, I don't. And you look like this? So, boy, come, come, come. We need to get to the gym. So, he followed the guy, went to the gym. They trained him. And, of course, after some years, bam, he was winning. He won Mr. Olympia the same number of times as Lee Hani. No, defeat, beat people's uh, records of like, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Co. Except when I was reading his, watching his video, both of his hips were dead. He has had 12 spinal surgeries. You couldn't walk anymore. No pain. <laughs> Forgotten his name now. I've told his name. <laughs> Where am I going? Look, if you, the one way to become weary of, of doing good is to go and do the one you can't carry. That's why I'm going with the whole story. You get tired. So build your capacity. Don't let anybody come and use fire brigade to say, uh, you're going to say to God, I'm going to give a million naira every month for the next 12 months. Well, if I sold you and your car and the, and the furniture in the rented house you are staying in, probably collect that one million for two and a half months. And that's it. You go, say you pledge by faith. Now you are choking. You are panting. You don't know why you are depressed. Because you are filled God and man. <laughs> You can't do it. Say, step out by faith. Into what? (laughs) 
Sir Peter stepped and he walked on water. No, no, no. He drowned on water. Let's leave that. Don't come and tell me that Peter walked on water. Peter did what? He sank. Like one man said, God said, what happened? He said, Peter was not ready for water walking faith. He said, okay, so why did you tell him to come? He said, if it is me, I said, you come. So, will I not say it's not me? <laughs> you see, just on water, you jump inside the water. You know, you, you think St. John not guesses. John said, Prophet, it's the Lord. Hey, just rejoice in the boat. <laughs> Where am I going? Consistently build your faith. That's what I'm talking Consistently do what? Build. Build your faith. Let it grow gradually. Let it grow continually. That carved image you saw in that gym, you can achieve it in two years. You won't achieve it in six weeks. Someone say, give a million every month. Say, praise God. Go to the pastor say, my offering before used to be 15,000. I want to increase it to 25. In your mind, I'm going to what? A million. Every month. When you've done 25 for some time, and you're not choking out. Increase to 50. Then God is increasing you. Increasing things on your side. One Bible says that you don't get weary. When you get weary, you lose your reward. That's what I'm trying to emphasize to people. I don't know how I got there. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure I've helped one or two people. Somebody was about to go and pledge heaven and earth tomorrow. God said, leave that thing. You know? Just wait for the spirit to possess you first. I hope you're getting my point. And God least we know what he'll do through you. That's an aside. But that, the, the summary of that is that consistently do what? Build your faith. I'm not saying that we don't do great works. I'm just saying we don't do works that we'll get weary of quickly. You build your faith so much that you don't ever get tired of doing good. Paul said, none of these things move me. That is all those things that were happening. They shipwrecked him, they beat him. The guy got up, it was his, now please, I mean this in a positive way, it was a gluten for punishment. His spirit could carry the trials and the tribulations. He wasn't tired of it. When they said there's danger ahead, he said, what, what am I living for? But to walk through danger. It wasn't like this, this danger, we lick you somebody, let's test it. No. He, they were begging him, don't go. He said, hey, why are you making me feel bad? That was, that's the level that God has built him to. So please, build consistently, build persistently. But I'm correcting us about something, all right? That let's not be focused on ourselves. All of that is because, okay, I don't know what I was trying to say. I don't know how I got into that. Don't let anybody focus your offerings on you. Don't let them focus your good works on you. You will get tired. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, these are the things I'm trying to emphasize to us. You should never be the focus of your good works. That if I do, God will bless me back. That is why you won't get anything. What should be your focus all the time? The pleasure of God. I was talking about satanic doctrine. How do we know it's satanic? Because Peter came to Jesus and said, no bad thing will happen to you. And as I tell parents these days, please don't train your children in such a manner. Because you see, whether you're a Christian or not, it's not determined only by what you do with your life, but what you do with your children. Teach them to make godly sacrifices also. Teach them things that are important in life. Explain to them, see, this is more important in life than this. Don't teach them only how to make choices that you personally benefit them. Teach them how to make choices by which they will lay down their lives for something bigger than them. Teach them from childhood. Many of us, what we do is to serve God, serve God, serve God. And we think the reward is our children should do serve. Like one man said, I don't fast. He said, why? He said, my father has fasted for everybody. <laughs> Tell me. His father, is one of, his, his father is a big man in Nigeria. He said, my, my papa don't fast. That's for two generations. 
If that your father, father's fasting, if it's real fasting is the key, you should have learned it. You should have carried it to another level. But what happens to a lot of us? And go and read it. That's what happened to Moses. When Moses would not circumcise his son, God said, I'm going to end your ministry. Why? He did not circumcise his son. Let's teach them. It's very important. What's happening these days? I see everybody is so focused on temporal gain. Everything is about comfort. Then they turn around and say the country is going bad. I say, so how is it going to be good? How is it going to be good? Talk to one brother one day. He said, ah, if you say anybody that wants to leave the country, don't discourage the person. I said, there's no problem. Don't discourage the person, but just tell me where we are we going to get the cool, good quality of people to build this nation from. I hope you understand. The reason why China and India okay, have so much many people going there to manufacture. Apple is moving to India now. They, manuf- they don't they manufacture in the U.S., but their most, major, most of their manufacturing before was in China and Taiwan. They divided India to it. Why are they not coming to Nigeria? It's not, people think it's power failure. It's not power failure. Those guys have enough money to build the power plant that they need. To surprise you, we don't have enough educated people. We don't have. That's it. That's what they are looking for. They don't know book. Why do they go to China? I'll tell you. You go to China, you set up a factory, you need 10,000 engineers. You get them. Well trained. Not people who cheated in work. People who can compete with their colleagues from Harvard. China will give you 10,000. Just go to their website. Just type in how many engineers you need. India, the same thing. They have population on their side. I know both of them are about the same size now. 1.7 billion people. A lot of whom. Look, the best mathematicians are from those places, India and China. They drew themselves in mathematics. This is how to code. They code anything for you. No, go to America now. Who's heading their top tech companies? Indians. Asians. I heard the CEO, the CEO of, um, of uh, Microsoft talking to your daddy. He, he still has an Indian accent. We are going to spread this thing all over the world. I said, what? Oh, my life. I thought it was, it was sent spreading something all over the world. All over the world. <laughs> I say yes, even all over. Those who don't know, Indians don't pronounce V. It's against their religion. Not religious, I'm just making a joke of that. I was surprised. What? I told you before, hey, what am I saying now? Here, please, I hope I will finish my preaching today. I told you that one of my colleagues went to, the, to America either last year or the year before. When he came back, gave me a gist. I said, my God. It's the university where he was, a prof- top professor of other, you know, uh, science. Engineering of science, something like that, mathematics. They were talking, and he told him that he watch it. He gave him the time of the day that he should watch in the campus, whether I would see any Chinese man around. And they had a lot of them teaching there. He got to that particular point. He said, watch, they are all gone. Where did they go to? He said, they've gone to teach primary school children mathematics, physics. They've gone to teach basic science. What? University professors teaching math to those in primary school. How much did they charge? Nothing. You just need to be Chinese. See, you know what? <laughs> Please, I'll get to my message. We'll just get there. Let's just go. This year, I told myself, I'm moving by the spirit. I'm not anything I like to talk. <laughs> I, I, I know the beauty of somebody who knows a subject to a high level, teaching it basically. There was a guy teaching biology for my wife at the time. He sat down. He asked me a question. When I finished me to him, he has a university degree in biochemistry. He said, sir, this is the first time I'm understanding this thing. 
My wife had a new teacher once. I said, okay, come, let me show you how to teach genetics. On the, in the lady before gave me her note on genetics, I looked at it. Ah, I said, she has a degree in microbiology. I said, no, you can't use this thing. Come, let me help you out. When is the class? I told me, I said, oh, come. Sit in the class. You say, take notes. You know why? I teach it to university students, medical students. I don't guess about it. I know it inside out. So what did Chinese man do? He gather people like that, say, come, come and teach mathematics in primary school. Teach the children in second high schools. So you see a man who works in the laboratory where they win Nobel Prizes, teaching physics to children. And he said they do it every day. They have roasters. Why? China rising softly, softly. They get nothing, no recognition, nothing. I have certain dreams. I can't share now because we are streaming, we are talking. God, I've told the Lord, please, you got to let me fulfill some of these things. The problem we have, people don't know how to just pour themselves out for things that are not personally their own. That Nigeria will do this for you. Talk to one brother this afternoon. He called me. I was supposed to let me buy a gift for somebody. He said, okay, I'm in the place now. Should I buy? He said, they have the, the, the rice too. One is Nigerian, one is foreign rice. Which one should I buy? I said, Nigerian rice. I said, listen, I have a rule. I eat Nigerian rice. He said, me too, sir. I said, good. It's not about price. It's about, hey, it's about Nigerian farmers. It's about Nigerian rice, you know, industry. It's about Nigerian rice farming. We have to eat it. Otherwise, the farms will shut down. If the rice, if it's, some people say the rice gone together. No, it's not true, but let's even assume it gone. Then it becomes gummy Nigeria cuisine. Can you see the way we have made glory, we've made Chinese food glorious? There are Chinese food restaurants all over the world. Even like the ones that give you the gummy rice, you say, oh, try their gummy rice, it's nice. And it will charge, no matter, we've been touching, we'll have charged you 1K for that rice. The Chinese say it's 2.5. You will pay. And be eating, say, do you like the gummy gummy? Say, yes. <laughs> so I told the guy, say, my brother, please, buy Nigerian rice. Present it like that. Thank you. It was a gift for somebody. We have to learn to do things that we are not personally gaining from. We just do it for a purpose. Whether somebody recognizes you or not is not relevant. The patriarchs of old, go and check it. They thought of generations after them. Abraham sacrificed so that God could give an inheritance to his children. Everything God was doing, he said, what do you give me since I go to God? said, come, let me show you. So will your, what? Descendants be. It was about his descendants. The focus was his descendants. So will your descendants be. Look at the stars. So will your, I've told you before, it's not number. I've learned these days how to count the way God counts. I used to think that they would be so plenty, they would not be able to, they would be uncountable like the sand of the seashore. No, that's not what God was saying. He didn't say they would be uncountable. He said they would be like sand. You have to know the quality of sand that he was referring to. They will be like stars. They will shine. Go and check. The focus of God concerning stars is not the number of stars. It's the shining brightness. They will shine like the stars of the firmament. That's what God used to say. So God told Abraham, your descendants will build cities. They will build technology. They will build all kinds of things. They will be great. They will possess the gates of their enemies. Their lives will shine brightly in the firmament. That's what he was telling him. And that comforted that old man. He said, what do you want, Isaac? You can have him. Why? So will your descendants be. 
That was enough. We Christians must learn to want that which God wants. I was talking about satanic, you know, preaching. To focus you on what you will get is satanic preaching. There was a time Peter came to preach that to Jesus Christ. Jesus told him, that's master, we are going to Jerusalem, we are going to be, I'm going to get killed, I'm going to be punished, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to... Peter said, Lord, such a thing will not happen to you. As long as I live, in the name of Jesus, began to preach to Jesus Christ. Oh no. no that's how we preach. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, this life, ha, I must eat ha, what I am sowing right now. It must come back to me. Call your seed. Go out ha, and bring me purple. Go out. Ha, because you are giving money. You give him how much? When Peter began to preach that kind of message, Jesus looked at him and said, Get behind me, Satan. What did he say? The problem was say, Your mind is set on the interest of man and not on the interest of God. So that offering, what should I say? Oh, as I give this offering, go out and go and save the lost. Go out and go and enlighten the blind. Go out and go and preach the gospel. Go out and go and help somebody in need. Go out and go and spread the fragrance of Christ. As I'm giving you this morning, this seed I'm planting you, you will germinate and bless the nations. That's the interest of God. That's how to preach like Jesus Christ. Don't preach like Satan. What is the interest of God? That's what I'm talking about. And that should be our primary prayer point. That's where I began from. What should be our primary prayer point? The interest of God. Like I said last time, let me connect this with what I said last time. By Elton preached decades ago and prophesied. I've told you what prophecy is. It's a declaration of the plan of God. It's a declaration of the desire of God. It's not a guarantee of what will happen. Two phases to his prophetic word. One going by, now listen. I see all kinds of things. See someone recently. Some people who went, came to school in Nigeria. They're not Nigerians. 35 years ago, they graduated from Nigeria and went back to their various countries. They now live in the U.S. They are doing reunion. Nigerian graduates doing reunion in the U.S. Did you hear what I said? None of them Nigerian. You see white people, maybe Asians and all of that. They used to come to Nigeria, come to school. Yeah. Somebody now said, ah, you see, oh, Nigeria used to be good. Oh. Who did this to us? I said, the Nigeria of that time was not your own. It was the British one. It was never your own. UCH, University College, that's what they call it. Ibadan. University College Hospital Ibadan. Was patterned after the University College London. You understand what I'm saying? UI, that's how it was. Initially, University College. Before they changed to UI. Everything there was British. That is the mindset. A friend of mine lives in the US now. When he was in New York, he said one day on, on, on the corridor of the hospital there, a white man stopped him. He said, where are you from? He said, you're from Nigeria. Oh, Nigeria. The guy used to walk in Ibadan. Oh, you're from Nigeria. And he told him. He said, the British left you a beautiful system. You guys have messed it up. I said, it's a prophetic way. You just told you the truth. What you met... I met a part of it was the British system, the British culture. Till now, you see the houses in Jerry, look at the land they have, the trees all over it. That's not an African thing. Nah, it's not an African. We'll cut down the tree, plant another house there. Me house they grow. Yeah? 
It's like momentum when you're driving a car. You switch off the engine. You still move. If it's fast enough, for the next one kilometer is rolling. When the British pulled out in 1960, we had the momentum to keep going for a while. But the real thing with Deus was showing up small, small. Pyelton saw it. He said, you'll be renowned for corruption. It wasn't as if the spirit of corruption was going to come from somewhere. It was here. He didn't just profess out of the blues. He saw it growing. He saw the natural tendency of the people. He said, this British influence will soon leave. When it leaves, your corruption will blossom. It will mature. It will release its fragrance all over the world. And they will know, say, Omo, Jaguda, did that place. Listen. He said, listen, you know why it's Nigeria? You want, to, you want to know why it's Nigeria? It is because the world's largest black nation. That's all. We are the mo- Do you know any other one? We are the world's most populous black nation. We plenty of. So we represent everybody on this continent. Forget the noise some people make. It's because they, their own naturalness is not powerful enough to overcome some things. Let me not mention this. We are streaming. Some of these countries are making noise around. They are worse. But they are not plenty. I don't know whether I get my point. If 200 million people shout, you know you will hear. If 5 million shout, say who's whispering there? And I say they are not bad people. They are as bad, but they are small. So the Pyotin saw it. He saw the thing growing. That's what he saw. It was growing. And he said, this is the thing will mature. It will become grow. He now said, it will become full-blown. It will spread. He now said, next phase, second phase of his prophecy. But the time will now come that the righteousness that will come from here, are you listening? Is going to spread its fragrance also all over the world. To be a matter of renown. Now, many of us are waiting for that. Except that we don't realize that the prophet didn't tell us one. Maybe he did in his teachings. But it's not recorded inside that prophecy. What it will take to convert that first phase to the next one, which is the will of God. The first one is the natural order. The second one is the supernatural order that will be brought. Now, listen, I said it last time. Let me say it again. The only way by which it will happen is that the word of God, which was what he was planting, will grow in the land. It will become fruitful. It will multiply. It will fill the land. Subdue iniquity. That's the only way. The second phase of what he's saying will happen. There's no other way. So I read to us last time from Isaiah chapter 2. I said, what is the key? He said, come, house of Jacob. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Now, what is God's purpose? Or what is God's heart? What is important to God now is what I'm explaining. See, right now, what is important to God is that righteousness will fill this land. You hear what I said? I'm giving you a prophetic word. I say prophetic word now. I mean a real word. A word that is applicable to you for this season. At this time. And you specifically. It may not be the primary thing God is doing in Australia. I don't know. But what is the thing that will sweeten the heart of God now? He said to Abraham, come. Abraham said, what will you give me? He said, this is what your descendants will be. Abraham was going for something that actually was important to God to create a posterity for Abraham through whom Jesus Christ will come. And I'm telling you that what is important to the Lord now, 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 is that this word that his servant gave years ago will be fulfilled. But the fulfillment is dependent upon what you and I do. Do you hear what I said? 
It is important to the Lord that the word that he gave through his servant by Elton will be fulfilled. But the fulfillment is dependent upon what you and I do. Is one key I, we discussed it last time. You can listen to last time's message. Come, house of Jacob. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. So what's God saying right now? I don't want to start hearing about motor car and house. Is that what I'm doing? Wouldn't you rather trek and be satisfied if you see righteousness spread? That's what God is saying. Then when you hear the word of God is being preached. Sorry, I'm not here to raise money. Okay? You know me, don't you? Now, nothing wrong with raising money. Let me just quickly say that. If I tell you, Pastor, okay, today starting a church, go and give him an offering. I'll be okay to answer. Because he has a parent. They say, oh, that is nice. That is nice. What is wrong with you? Don't we know it's nice? Do we, do we need you to tell us it is nice? So I'm not trying to raise money. I'm just, well, I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with raising money. But I'm trying to say something here. If you see truth being preached, I'm sorry. Support it. Don't say it's nice. I have told people, in your village, they are telling you to come for, what do you know of that meeting? Age group meeting. You understand? You think that's all your villagers need? Headsmen will kill all of you. Just be doing... <laughs> be doing meeting that time. You will go, shame on you. You will go and sit down. They now give you all the title and you collect. You now sit down there and be discussing who, 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 how much bride price they paid for Ada. Because this is why I gave you life. I gave you light. They give you a share good to wear. You sit down there. <laughs> you put red calf. See, that is why I punish people. You, you don't know. He said, okay, go. what should I do? He said, go back there and go and arrange to have a good church there. Where they are teaching the world. If, even if it's only Bible study. Tell the young pastor, say, what do you need? Build a small two-bedroom bungalow there. Let him stay there. Put that light dish for him. What do you call that? Solar panel. Put it there. And encourage him to stay. If he mentions crusade, win, sell your car. And give him the money to organize. Let light grow there. You are still there taking time. You are sitting down. And the New Year festival, you are in front. <laughs> you see my problem? <laughs> Say, so why are you from there? So spread the light of God to that place. Go back home and... T- Do you know young people all over the world, including Nigeria, are confused? Where is Steve? He's on the other side. That's Babasibo. There's something Steve used to tell me those days. Of course, uh, he said he got to know me first when I came to preach for Ken Carter's at Youth Wahala program. And then one day Steve came to Enugu. He was begging me. He was a student in Anambra State University in Uli. He was begging me to please come. So because of him, I agreed to go. What was his reason? He said that he knew how confused he was until he heard me teach the word of God. That please, sir, everybody around me is in confusion. They are frustrated. They have no hope. I remember him saying that, that they don't have hope. Please, sir, come and give them hope. What's the name of that crazy guy that's currently in jail? In, is he in Poland? Or Romania? Romania. Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate is not a, well, by common standard, he's not a good person. But they said everybody follows Andrew Tate. That he has such a massive following. I wish he had more sense. He has such a massive following. What was the reason? 
They said young men are confused. They had no direction. Andrew Tate gave them direction. And what was the same thing he used to do? Simple, he would stand and speak against homosexuality in those countries. And said, and I remember watching this video of him. He said, if you say, you know, having sexual relations with a woman is bad for you, he said, fine, it's your problem. He said, you know the way you are going, you can never have children. How can a man and a man have children? He said, so please, live your life. Don't talk to my kids. And he's saying it vehemently. Now, he was a kickboxer. If you know something about it, so he was a tough guy. The guy was a kickboxer, a champion kickboxer. He could fight. And he's just speaking. He said, I have the right to talk to my children. You have no right. If you choose never to have kids, it's your problem. You decide that you are going to marry a man, I don't care. But I choose to marry a woman and have children. Don't talk to my kids. Man, do you know young people that are following him? He, he was teaching them how to talk, how to carry themselves, except that his moral life actually is nothing to write home about. But where I'm going is that he gave them, they say he gave them direction. He gave them, you know, focus. Young men were following and dictated like mad. But one man that came up again that a lot of people are following is the older man. Again, something along that line brought him into a limelight. When he says, saying she, he, the, fair, the, the. He said, no, no, this is tyranny. He said, this is fascism. You cannot legislate how I speak. They sacked him. He's a clinical psychologist. They said they suspended him. He said, I know Gugri. So everybody listens to him now. What's his name now? Hmm? Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. He has a massive following. Very honest guy. He was not a, a, a Christian at the beginning. I don't know whether he's a Christian now, but he has shifted his focus. Now he believes in God. He has to. Because he has watched everything. Sometimes he will talk until tears come out of his eyes. But people are following why. They, don't, they just saw one man that had direction. Where am I going? In that village, they don't have direction. The young men don't know what is right. They don't know what is wrong. They're just living carelessly, aimlessly. God said, I have given you light, so go and shine light upon them. Don't go and reinforce their negative attitude that if you don't have money, you are nothing. Go there and, just, you know one thing? Just talk to people. Now, not everybody will hear. But those who can be saved, they will hear. If by Elton's prophecy is going to come to pass, that's what I'm telling you. The only condition upon which it will come to pass is come house of Israel, let us walk in the light of the Lord. I'm giving you the word of the Lord. This is the thing that is uppermost in his heart right now. It's paramount in his heart. That this land will be filled with knowledge and the glory of God in the practice of righteousness. And how will it start? Come house of Israel. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. I began by reading Daniel chapter 9. And when Daniel said, I read in the book that this is what God wants to do. So it became my prayer point. That is the meaning of seek first the kingdom of God. That's where I'm going. That's the meaning of seek first the kingdom of God. When you get on your knees to pray, you want to intercede. What's the most important thing in your, in, in your heart? What's the most important thing in what you are doing? And listen, that is one thing. I didn't look at the again today. He was saying that if you are going to cast out demons... One of the things he said, look, he said, look, not, it's not a hard thing. He said, but you must walk righteously. I heard him say it again today. I said, well, that is true. And again, I said to you, if you are going to be an intercessor, there's no room for iniquity. There's no room for dilly dally, not know exactly where you stand. There's no, because your prayers will not be heard. I said this and I know it will be true. 
right now, you see mass of Christians gather to pray. I'm checking from my spirit whether it's right to say it. And God is saying yes. I don't hear them talk. It's clanging cymbals, empty barrels, making a lot of noise. Sometimes they pray in known languages. And they pray in unknown tongues. Sometimes they groan in the spirit. I don't hear them. There's no guarantee. Let me tell you something. Before that you are praying in tongues and groaning, it's your spirit that is praying. Some of these spirits are mad. Crazy spirits. Spirits without hope. You think your spirit has more hope than the one you express to me when we talk? Spirits full of fear. Spirits that have the same opinion as the unbeliever. About the nation around them, about the plan of God, about their own destiny. You want to groan it and they say, God, we're here because that spirit is groaning. Some of that groaning is, is angels punishing people. They are crying. Ah, because I will punish you well, well. You need to repent and change your life, change the way you think and know what is important to you. It's as, as, you, as your conscious mind is imbibing those truths. That is when you cannot pray in other tongues and pray in the spirit and it makes sense. You've not seen people who are praying for nonsense and praying in, the t- praying in the spirit. When you hear their rubbish prayer point, you say, and you pray in the spirit? You've not seen the heavenly power fighting my de- destiny, die by fire, die, die, die. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's a confused spirit. When we are praying, what, are we, what is the paramount thing in our hearts now? Many of us, it's not what God is, that's, it's not what is, Pardon to use the word, all right? It's not what is bothering God. It's not what is important to him. It's not the thing that is paramount on his heart. We are so occupied with what will I eat? What will I drink? With what will I close in my family? Because yet you are not groaning for the iniquity that's in the church. I don't, let's forget the land for a moment. Because right now God doesn't have a problem with Nigeria as a country. He has a problem with the church in Nigeria. That's the problem he has. That is the problem he has. I remember when we, when one guest says she's going, she won't sit down. She will not give rest to her eyes as she has cooked for the whole world. Okay? <laughs> and everybody will say, congrats, congrats. My classmates say, Banky, you know you are not normal. I say, how can I be normal? It's, they have just hair flying around. I say, oh, you are an exhibitionist. You are not normal. That's not where I'm going. The pastor will now claim me my daughter. Because you stood to cook. Work out to all of you. If I just claim it. If, if any one of you try that, you are sitting in your other hall. <laughs> Next Sunday, we'll give you a nuns gab. I'm coming to Bible study, dressed like Mother Teresa. <laughs> when we dress you like that for six months, you will be normal. Where I'm going is that pastors are claiming, my daughter, my daughter in the Lord. Eh? Wait, oh God, God has to deliver also. He has to deliver, he has to deliver also. We have set worldly standards. Yeah, we have. So if by Elton's prophecy is going to come to pass, he said, for the people of God that are listening to me, it will be the cry of their hearts. They will walk in righteousness. I hope you're getting my point. And then when they are praying, the focus of their prayer will be what? That the righteousness of God might fill his temple. I'm not talking about the world. You know, you know what I found out here? From many studies and observing things, what God is saying is that, look, I don't have a problem with the world. If my light shines bright enough, I take care of the world. One hand. You know, I've said it before. Hmm? To the glory of God and edification of mankind, I can end corruption in Nigeria in two years. 
It will, yeah, I can. Ah, you okay? <laughs> You're turning your head. I can. It's not a hard thing. I just need cooperation from CAN and PFM. Two years. They will almost disband the FCC. Or ESC will not be able to face corruption. Because it will be small. When everybody around you is stealing. And then you remove one EFCC boss and lock him up because of corruption. Do you get my point? <laughs> it's a problem. And what will I do? You will say, it's simple. We will pray, of course, with the power of God. Then I will write. It's just one page. What every church, once you're a church in Nigeria, what you will read out every Sunday before offering, not after offering. Offering time, blessing time. But before we take the offering, let's take the declaration of our anti-corruption creed. Let every pastor just read it. You don't have to do more. Just read it out. I will write the things out. Just one page. Take it from Deuteronomy chapter 28 and 29. I drop it there. If every, not, of course, it won't be every church. If only 50, not even 50%, if only 25% of churches will agree to read it every Sunday. Especially big churches that have command. You know, if redeem says something should be done, every branch will do it. If winner says so, every branch will do it. If the, if the uh, Catholic Archbishop of Nigeria says everybody should do it, every Catholic church will do it. If I get the Anglicans, just, just these people to come on board, and they just read it out every Sunday. First, the church will be cleansed of corruption in a year. Then the effect will spread to the rest of the world. The rest of the nation, I meant to say, the world around us. Even bandits will go back. They will move back into the desert from where they came. Desert breathes a lot of nonsense. Yeah. They push them back into the desert. They won't even know what's pushing them back. They'll go into the desert from where they came. Their power will be removed from them. There's only one problem. First day, offering will be 30% of what it was the last Sunday. Because when you read the things I wrote, when you finish reading it out, Harlots will not be able to give offerings. Corrupt officials will not bring the money. People will be checking, is it my money? Are you sure? People who have not paid their staff will not be able to give offerings. That's why I say boldly. We are the ones tolerating corruption in Nigeria. The day the church says it's enough, it will stop. The only problem is it will cost us first. Because the first day you read what I want to write, if last Sunday offering was 200,000, this Sunday, if you see 50, you'll be happy. And then uh, you'll not say, that's secular. I will read it in the next step. The boys will come and say, good, good morning, sir. Pastor, please, offering time. Should I read that secular? Pastor said, why not? Sir, we read this thing the first Sunday. Our offering was 55,000. You know, before it used to get like 200, 205. I read the last Sunday. It was about 52,000. Let's just try this Sunday. Whether if we don't read it, things will be better. Pastor said, are you sure? You will not read it. The offering will go up to like 120. See, see what I'm saying? The pastor will now have to go and decide. Do I want to serve God or serve Mama? The painful part is that for many people, Mama wins. And you know what Satan will say? It is for the work of God. We use this money to push, promote evangelism. And once he rationalizes that, because he said, this is why, this is why corruption is not going away. What's the prayer point I'm giving us again for this year? First, of course, is that let us get the direction right. Let's remove the focus from ourselves. What will we eat? What will we drink? With what will we clothe ourselves? It cannot occupy us, you know, again. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
Pilate gave a prophecy. And the next phase is simple. Righteousness, we fill this land until we have a renown. We have a reputation from this nation for uprightness. And I'm saying it will not come because somebody in the world changed. It will be because the church began to walk in the light of the Lord. So what am I saying? That's our prayer point there. Can we rise to our feet? It has to be what is important to you. It has to be what you will spend money on. The promotion of the gospel. I thank God for one brother. He said, ah, this is you are preaching, sir. It should be in my state. He went there, paid the radio station there for a year. I said, please come and put the word there. That's the kind of thing I'm saying. That the zone is that, no, this truth must spread here. It's the kind of thing that should be in your heart. About some brothers, one time they came together and said, this book, what's the name of this, our book? Choices. They needed 10,000 copies. They raised offerings, though. They gathered money from here and there. We even redesigned the book so as to make the printing price very low. It came to less than 100. I think it was 17 naira a copy. We got it out then. And then we printed 10,000 copies. Combined it with um, choice, uh, what call, Beyond Gifts and Talents. And delivered to them 10,000 books. What were they doing? Sharing to young people. Secondary schools, predominantly. So I get pictures of a secondary school classroom where they are studying choices key to destiny. A bishop told me one day he went to a house, saw one young girl carrying it. So he took a picture of her and sent to me. She held the book up like this. These brothers and sisters, they took this book to many schools. They all let the young people choices, how to make right choices, and then how to live faithfully. He said, beyond gifts and talents. It's study material. They just sit down and start teaching. Look, my desire personal eh, this year is to have enough. Ultimately, my dream is 10,000. People who have learnt, le- le- learnt from me who are teaching other people also. There are different ways to teach. You can decide to just go and preach your own. The influence that God has helped us to be in your life will come out. Some say, no, I don't have that time. Give me choices, kid, you will sit down there. In fact, you know, for me and this plus program she did, they took worship and self-control. I was a Bible study for the whole week. Chapter 1, somebody will read. They will read, read, they will pass comment, they will discuss, they answer question. Okay, next, they will read another portion. People have taken different books to settle down. Just, I can't preach, I beg. Like one man said, Pastor Banke, stop telling me to record. You have, the one you have recorded, we'll use it. He preaches on Sunday, doesn't record his message. I said, why not? He said, we circulate the one you have done. I said, oh God, that's not good enough. Record your own messages too. But what I'm trying to say is that some people say, look, I can't. Just take the book and teach. Teach other people. But for me, I'm talking about my personal desire, is to have people, and if you're listening to this, that's what I'm asking you to do. In your neighborhood, start a Bible class. Yes. So these are the things I learned over the last one month. So yeah, let me teach it to you people. Good enough. Kingdom World Ministries, our books are free to download. Everybody can easily. Okay, so we are studying uh, by faith, acquire life. All right? Everybody download it. Next week, we'll start. We'll read it together. we share the word of God. we pray. we go. Guided by the Spirit. It's one of the books I love the most. So I will stop saying that. <laughs> I saw a joke today. One girl had two pictures. I said, this is exactly what I've been saying. He said, Father, in the name of Jesus. As soon as she said it, an angel dropped beside her. She didn't see the angel. So he had two pictures. He said, Lord, I'm, I'm of marriage, is it marriage, marriage, marriage age anyway. I'm ready to get married. There are two men who want to marry me. He said, this one is so and so person. He's a young man, but he's not rich yet, but he's good. He said, this other one, he said his name is Odogu something. He's very rich. He also, and both of them love me, Lord. Show me a sign. 
So the angel took the picture of Odogu, <laughs> threw it on the floor. She opened her eyes, saw the picture on the floor, picked it up again. I said, Lord, I did the sign. <laughs> the angel took the picture, squeezed it, and threw it on the floor. She took the picture and ironed it straight. I said, Lord, I did the sign. He did the picture and tore it. Odogu's picture, tore it. And then the guy said, Lord, join them back. He said, Lord, now the angel bring out gun, fire into the air. Sign. You ask for a sign, you ask for a sign. Which other sign are you looking for? You know, when I saw the video, look, if one of my classmates posted, I said, Pastor Banky, any comments? <laughs> All I could do was laugh. I laugh. And this is exactly what I've been saying, you know, guided by the Spirit. That when people say the Holy Spirit spoke, you see that girl, you're not going to hear anything until God says the one she wants to hear. Sometimes I just pick books like that and just study. There are different materials all over. I mean, you hear me recommend books all the time. But the desire of your heart should be that righteousness will spread. It's not by your own effort, but first of all, you must be an intercessor. That is saying to God, the thing I want to see, the thing that you will do for me. Remember, for Jesus to come, God raised Simeon, Anna, and many people whose names were not given to us. For Israel to leave captivity at a time, God had to raise Daniel. And I'm saying to us, listen, and listen to me, God has no other plan. What did I say? That's not that plan. He said, you and me, we pray until righteousness is established in this nation. Yes. Uh, what do you mean by nation? Is the church. Is that not so? Yes. Once established in the church, the nation will follow suit. The nation will follow suit. Once established in the church, the nation will follow suit. So begin to pray. It's simple. Say, Lord, let righteousness be established. If you see Daniel, when Daniel was praying, he confessed this sin as if he, he joined. You and I know he didn't do any of those things. But he identified with the people. He said, well, Lord, we have not taken you seriously. We have forgotten you. Have mercy upon us. It's the first place you start praying. It's not about you personally, but the church of God. Let's focus on this nation. And whatever nation you are in, you are joining us from. He said, Lord, have mercy upon us. Ask the Lord to have mercy upon his people. For his name's sake. You have to know what's important to God. When God punished David, he says, it's because you were causing my name to be blasphemed amongst the Gentiles. You were causing my name to be blasphemed amongst the Gentiles. He was angry. So, Lord, we come for your name's sake. For the beauty of Christ Jesus that the church represents. Remember, the wife is the glory of the husband. The church is the glory of Jesus Christ. So, from our hearts, we cry for the glory of Christ Jesus. For the glory of Christ Jesus, we cry. For the glory of Christ Jesus, say, Lord, have mercy. The way we have mixed up with the world until there's almost no difference. Lord, have mercy. Ask the Lord, say, Lord, my greatest desire, my, not our now, personally now, Lord. What I want to see is a revival of righteousness and holiness. The revival of true holiness in the body of Christ. That the church will be separate from the world in reality. Or we need to pray today and say, Lord, this is my desire. The glory of your name. The iniquity will leave this church. The church of God in this nation. Lord, I want to see your glory manifested. As the word of your prophet came out decades ago, 
that there will be that there will be a renown for righteousness emanating from this land. Say the Lord, that is why I'm praying. People of God, when you start praying like this, it's when you can really pray in the spirit. You can pray in other tongues, you can groan, and God will hear. Because now, what is important to him is important to you. And by the spirit giving you what is important to God in 2024 for the church in Nigeria. Remember, we are the cause for kidnapping. We are the cause of banditry. We are the cause of economic problems. We are the cause of bad governance. Do not forget God. Don't think he's the people of the world. That's how to pray. Remember, I said, don't forget God. Don't forget God. Say, Lord, what is important to you? I have heard it today. I commit myself to be an intercessor. Because in the land of living, I must see the manifestation of your glory. I must see the manifestation of your power. I'm going to see a church that is clean. That's what God wants. What is Jesus working for? That he might cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. He's nurturing this church. We are part of it. No matter the mistakes we have made, no matter the errors we have, you know, we have gone into, it's all of us. It's part of us. The true church has made mistakes. We have been guilty of wrong doctrines, doctrines of demons. We have been guilty of divisions. It's us. We're not pointing fingers at anybody, like Daniel. Daniel did not personally do any of those things. Yet he prayed, you will have thought he was the one doing it. You have to identify, be, let it be known in the spirit that you are part of the body you are praying for. And you are saying, Lord, have mercy. For the sake of your name, have mercy. Because it is a bride of the Son, have mercy. Because this is a bride of Christ, Lord, have mercy. Not for our sake, Lord. Not for our own glory. But for the glory of your name, have mercy. Ask the Lord, cause a revival of rejection of sin in the hearts of the people. Yes. Let, us, let the word of Christ just become real to us. When he said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. Because if you don't take care of covetousness, ha, he said, the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. There are all kinds of evils that have come into this land because the church loved money. Not the world. That's why the power of God has not manifested in the way by which it should manifest. Because the first manifestation of the power of God is to birth holiness. Is to birth righteousness. Say, Lord, we cry for the birth of holiness. We cry for the birth of righteousness. John the Baptist preached for years. What was he preaching? A baptism of repentance. A baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. A baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Then Jesus came, healing the sick, raising the dead, <laughs> opening blind eyes, walking miracles. And that's what we are going to see. We are going to see the, you know, the, the outpouring of the miraculous power of God in this generation. And God is saying, get ready, church. Because when that power comes, people of God, it will kill Ananias again. It will kill Sapphira again. <laughs> it will make 
people blind though. So God said, prepare, prepare, prepare. Cleanse your hearts, you evil doers. He was talking to the church. Say, Lord, personally I repent. And I repent also on behalf of the brethren. We have loved money, Lord, I repent. And I repent on behalf of the brethren. We have loved the things of the world, the loss of the eyes, the loss of the flesh, and the pride of life. I'm waiting for Nigeria to have a reputation of righteousness. What about my life? Do I have it? Paul said to the elders in the church in Ephesus, take heed to yourselves. Paul wrote to Timothy, so you'll be able to save yourself and those who hear you. So the elders, Paul said, take it to yourselves and to the church that God has made you overseers over. So it's first yourself as an intercessor. It's yourself first. Okay, Pialtin said righteousness will spread as a fragrance. Say, from where? Is it not starting from my life? Say, Lord, I lay this life again on the altar today. I lay this life on an altar, on the altar I present my body again as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. That is the worship you ask for. Lord, I lay down my own ambitions. I have just one drive now, to be an origin of the fragrance of righteousness. That my word will be like the word of God, true, pure. That no uncleanness will be named in my life. Oh, Lord, this is what I want the whole church to be like. That's what Jesus died for. That he might wash out with the washing of water by the word. That he might wash her with the washing of water by the word. Say, Lord, I yield myself today as an intercessor. First of all, for the body of Christ. For my brethren. I bring my supplication. I say, Lord, have mercy. Purge us of all iniquity, of wrong doctrines. Wrong doctrines are the foundation of wrong practices. Let's take about one more minute to pray. And we are saying to God, let it start from me. Let it start from me. Yes, pray. Let it start from me. When we pray that the Lord will send laborers, we are saying to God first that I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be a laborer. In the space, Lord, that you have planted me, I'm ready. I'm ready. Of course, it's not going to be by your strength. It's the Lord walking through you. It's the Lord helping you, helping you. But first, there must be that desire, and that is what I believe that pastor, by the Holy Spirit, has said this evening. That desire. Let's just be aware. Let's just desire that righteousness. Then God will start to do through us. You know, in these places he has planted us, families, organizations, you know, environments. Pray, pray. Say, Lord, let it start from me. 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 And let it flow. No matter how difficult it is, we are promised of grace. We have, we have that assurance of grace. And no matter the corruption and decay, the Bible says there is much grace. 
So we receive that grace again. We receive a dose of that grace again to express the righteousness of God in this land, in our families. My conduct will not bring shame to the Lord. Yeah. Someone will, no one will say because of me, he turned back from serving the Lord. Or rather, my life will be an encouragement for people. They will see Christ in me. Pray that prayer for yourself. They will see Christ in me. They, are, they, look, at, they look at you from afar. They know you. They know, your, they know your wife. They know your children. They see how you conduct yourself. And they say, no, there is something about this one. That is what I want my life to be. There is good coming out from this one. There is something you are operating by that you need to teach us. Let that be my experience, Lord, and my testimony. Father, we give you praise. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. All right. Okay. While we're still, still standing, let's just take the announcement. Let's not forget that it's a school of prayer. So what it means is that we take this prayer point and we go home and we continue to pray. Amen. Until we see the manifestations in our life. So let's take this prayer point. Go home. Pray with your, your, your family. The Lord will strengthen us as we desire this work of righteousness. And through us, he will begin to do things on this earth. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Let's just give the Lord thanks this evening again for the word that we have received. Let's say, Father, thank you for the word that we have received. We've been stirred. Yes, we've been stirred. Thank you for stirring our hearts. Thank you. Thank you. We give you praise forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Let us share the grace in fellowship as we go. One, two, three, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we are passed out of death and we are passing to life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things are passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is a season of the demonstration of the spirit and of the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Prophesy to your neighbor. Say this is your season.